If I'm ready, Ooh. you're ready. Does that mean you're ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. to the first edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show of 2021. Yes, we are back. We made it through 2020, maybe just barely, but, you know, we still we still did it. Uh, I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, Miss Fancy Pants, ring announcer to the stars, the most professional podcaster, and, of course, the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales, here hosting the Hashtag Miranda Show on TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Yes, the Hashtag Miranda Show is available on TheChairShot.com and is a proud member of the ChairShot Radio Network. There you can find a variety of podcasts all for you, uh, revolving around sports, entertainment, wrestling, sports and entertainment, sports and entertainment, uh, nerd fandom, you know, whatever it is, we have a podcast for you. Now, I keep saying we, not the royal we, because that could be weird. Uh, but though I am royalty, I am the queen of soft style. So it does it does make sense. Uh, however, I am joined by my co-host, the kingpin of the chairshot.com, Mr. Greg DeMarco. This is such good shit. Hi. Hello. Thank you so, for having me. I know. So it's like last week when, yeah. when you were on Chairshot Radio, you were like, hello. I appreciate the opportunity <laughs> to be on this fine broadcasting program. That was my PBS. That was my NPR was, voice. I was I just was. testing it out. Just trying to do a new new flavor for Chair Shot Radio. Did not work. Um, went back went back to uh, the same old regular voice. So much that we we didn't invite you back for the second week. So yeah, no one hit wonder here. Which no, is all you'll right. be back. Uh, it's just this week was I'll be back th- this week. I was like, I'm gonna record both on Monday. That's what I did. <laughs> Multitasking, yes. Uh, so, yes, considering I did it, great. Considering I did it sitting in the car, yes, definitely multitasking. Nice. I, well, that's, that's a goal one day is to record a whole podcast in a car. It's not that hard um, as you think. Working. Yeah, it's not that hard, but I haven't gotten to it yet. So I've been actually stuck in my house for most of uh, the past two weeks, busy with work. I mean, you've alluded to it, Greg. I I know many people coming back from the holiday break um, just 
going at it with, with work, with life, with, you know, fitness, all of that. So, uh, you know, it's why it took me a little bit longer to get back to this show. Um, and this show, I mean, I keep saying, you know, maybe we'll run a little shorter, probably not, but, uh, you know, this one may have a little sense of urgency, uh, just because one, well, we're going to be talking about a topic that is happening this week. Um, and for those of you who uh, are listening, this is the week of, uh, January 12th, um, if you're thinking about what's happening this weekend, then you'll probably know, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, life has, has just kept on rolling and, and so, uh, everyone's just been busy and needed a little bit of an extended break before coming back, but I'm very excited to be back hosting the hashtag Miranda show, getting to, uh, speak with, uh, all of the listeners, getting to poke fun at Greg, you guys hearing our banter and crazy stuff. Cause we actually haven't had a chance to, to banter a whole lot. Uh, just, just me and this kiddo here in, in uh, quite some time. So, no, uh, the not- last on on or off air and and, and we all know yes it's very, very few combos better than 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 this one and so that's yep. um yeah you're welcome people out there listening you're yes you're, you're welcome. welcome i was going to note you're that welcome. the very last episode are you just going to press buttons while i'm talking is this how we're going to start 2021 that's how we ended 2020 I was going to say, so 2020, the last episode of the Hashtag Miranda show, you actually were not involved. Nope. Uh, no. Surprise. Uh, I mean, surprise. I was. Actually, like, I produced I mean, it in the end, but, yeah, but I was not on air. Nope. No, it was not on air. Uh, because I was joined by Stephanie Hardy uh, for the last episode of 2020, where her and I got to talk a little bit about what we enjoyed about 2020 in pro wrestling. Also, some things that we thought could have been improved and a little bit better. Uh, but I mentioned that because uh, Stephanie has her very own podcast, the Hardy Wrestling Podcast, and it is now available on thechairshot.com as part of the Chairshot Radio Network. So I'm very excited to have... Uh, Stephanie is part of the team. Um, you guys can listen to the podcast, her podcast on the chairshot.com and also your uh, favorite podcast streaming platform, uh, such as Google, uh, podcast, uh, iTunes, uh, pod Bay, uh, all of that stuff, of course, on the chairshot.com. Um, uh, and this of course, uh, podcast as well, but uh, a big thank you to Stephanie for um, helping me wind down 2020 for being my guest co-host, and a big congratulations uh, for her podcast on being a part of the Chairshot Radio Network. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And, uh, well, I'm trying to think about this order, how I want to go into it, because again, this is one of the most random podcasts on the chair shot radio network. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I know what I'm going to say, what I want to say. I'm just trying to figure out the order. Um, so I'm actually just going to jump into this, uh, next topic real quick. Uh, Greg will know what I'm talking about when I talk about it. And because it's been a while that since we've, uh, you know, been together and also, um, it's been a while since we've talked about this, uh, impact zone wrestling. I IZW is coming back to the Phoenix, uh, Arizona area, Tempe, to be precise, because there's a difference. If you're not in Arizona, you're like, it's all Phoenix. And technically, yes, I get it. It's all Phoenix. But there are different areas of Phoenix, one being Tempe, where Sun Studios of Arizona is, and that is the home to Impact Zone Wrestling, IZW. The event 
will be Monster, Monster uh, 2021 on Saturday, February 27th, where we are going to crown a new Impact Zone world champion. Um, now, unfortunately, we don't have a video uh, format for the Hashtag Miranda show this week, or else you would probably see Gray holding the IZW belt once again, which what he did for the remainder of 2020. And probably some of 2021. Uh, but if you are in the Phoenix area, in the Arizona area, uh, make sure you get your tickets for Impact Zone Wrestling. IZW presents Monster 2021 on Saturday, February 27th. We're going to crown a new IZW world champion. A big, big milestone in the resurgence of IZW. First time in 10 years, there, there's going to be a new yep. IZW world champion. So, um, I mean, gosh, already kicking off this year with the first IZW event, and it is going to be a monster. Yep, 13 people will enter the ring, which is more than some people who have been to local recent wrestling shows, and will compete for the IZW World Heavyweight Championship. Um, tickets are going fast, I'm not going to lie. We, we, you know, Obviously, with the holidays, that slows back down, but now that we're out of the holidays, it's already picked back up. Uh, post two announcements yesterday, and, and look, here goes some more ticket sales. Front row, sold out. Couches sold, sold out. out. Only thing sold left out. is general admission. And here's the crazy part. Let me, here's a here's a Paul Heyman spoiler. That's gonna sell out too. So, and and I don't say that to be. I know it sounds almost condescending, but um, it's something I'm very proud of. Something I, I, I love. But it's the truth. And and at this point, we've developed the brand to that point. So why I say that is, get your tickets. Get your tickets now, and and come out, have a good time. We take all the precautions necessary. If for some reason the show wouldn't happen, we we we'll honor them at the next show or we'll refund them. We'll, we'll we'll definitely take care of that. We had to do it last year. So come on out, check it out. It's going to be a great time. Look, and and if that doesn't convince you, I want you to know that I'm going to be there. Me, Greg DeMarco, will be there. And if that doesn't convince you, and it probably shouldn't, Miranda Morales is also going to be there. And so come out, be a part of it, have some fun with us, enjoy a night off, enjoy a night out, see some local professional wrestling. And, and I guarantee you, it's more than just local professional wrestling trotting out matches. If you know me at all, you know we book the shit out of it, we tell stories, and we have a lot of fun. So IZWWrestling.com, pick up your tickets, come on out, have a great time, and you won't be sorry. I promise you. Yes, that's uh, Impact Zone Wrestling IZW, Saturday, February 27th for Monster. So, of course, we have the Monster match uh, occurring. Some other ones that will be uh, occurring as well. Stay tuned. Make sure you follow uh, IZW Wrestling on social media so you can stay up to date on matches and wrestlers who will be appearing at the show also for ticket information because that's also how we announce when seats are sold out and as greg mentioned they will sell out it happened last time um a, a while before the show we anticipate that it's going to happen again so make sure just to buy your tickets as soon as you are able to 
And that is your IZW announcement for this show. Of course, we're going to be talking more about IZW as we get closer to it because, hey, that's what's part of the show. We will continue to support uh, independent wrestling. Uh, Of course, as Greg mentioned, both of us are involved in IZW and have been involved um, in our local independent scenes. So that's just what we do on the show. Uh, I highly suggest and recommend that you check out whichever uh, local independent promotions are in your area. Um, You can research that on social media you can go and see if any of those promotions are running shows or if maybe they're not or maybe you don't want to go to a show see how you could support them by following them on social media maybe purchasing merchandise that they have available supporting wrestlers who uh, are active with those promotions whatever it is do your part to support your local indie promotion speaking of well what's one way that you can do that well you can go to pro wrestling you know what you know what i think I think you deserve the proper introduction, just like you get on. Uh, I really do. Okay, okay. I think wind from it now up. on, wind it up. Wind you should it wind up. it up. That should be how you ask for it, too. You should ask me to wind it up, and then I will wind it up. Wind it up. It's time! Yes, it is time for you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to purchase your very own chair shot t-shirt today. As I alluded to a few seconds ago, not only can you get your chair shot t-shirts there, you can also get your Impact Zone Wrestling IZW t-shirts on there as well. So you can do that if you are not in the Arizona area, if you cannot attend IZW Monster on February 27th, we'll go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an IZW t-shirt today. You can also pick up a chair shirt, a chair shirt, a t-shirt to support the chair Chairshot.com, including lots of cool logos and designs, including the OG Chairshot logo, Chairshot Worldwide, uh, the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling T-shirt, uh, Everybody Hates Greg, and of course, last but not least, the Queen of Soft Style T-shirt that you can get in Soft Style. Absolutely, I wouldn't do that to you and offer you a Queen of Soft Style T-shirt without having it available in soft style. So go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your chair shot and or I'm going to say and IZW t-shirt today. That is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chair shot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Wild card, bitches! All right. So this week's topic, well, it's going to be a little mix of things. We're going to be reviewing something uh, as far as an upcoming event, but also doing a little reminiscing of something, which you may say, what what is this, Miranda? What are we doing here? Don't worry. I'll explain very shortly. Uh, I tease that we will be discussing an event that's happening this weekend. And for those of you who have calendars or probably just already know, Tonight, we'll be reviewing Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill 2021. Um, This is the first, uh, well, not first event uh, because they had Genesis this past Saturday, but the first major event, major pay-per-view that Impact Wrestling will host of the new year. And not only are are we going to be talking and, and kind of making some predictions about this 
uh, Saturday's event, I'm also going to do a little reminiscing because last year's Hard to Kill event, um, it holds a very special place in my heart. It was my very first one impact wrestling event that I ever attended, but also uh, an opportunity for me to go uh, as representative of thecheershot.com and go and be part of the presser and uh, be uh, part of the media coverage that was there. And so that for me was a huge career milestone uh, that I'm going to reminisce a little bit about because it does hurt. It hurt, hurts that, uh, you know, I'm not there uh, this year that uh, nobody's there this year. No fans impact is still not having fans um, at their uh, tapings and at their events. Uh, media is not there as well. And so it, it stings a little bit uh, because it was such a pivotal moment in my uh, kind of career going there uh, as part of the chairshot.com and all the, the people that I met and just seeing that side of, of wrestling um, and going and seeing, you know, really an event that, helped solidify a new chapter in impact wrestling though lots of things change after that for multiple reasons that we'll also kind of briefly get into um it was a huge turning point for impact wrestling and so i will always associate hard to kill um as a big new year's event but also a big turning point to the direction that impact wrestling will go for at least the rest of the spring if not the rest of the year um, this year's Hard to Kill uh, event is being headlined by one of the biggest events that's happening in pro wrestling, one of the most talked about in pro wrestling, and that's AEW champion Kenny Omega teaming up with the Good Brothers to face Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Gun. Something that if I was, you know, talking to myself a year ago at Hard to Kill, um, and you would say, you know, this is what the main event will be for the 2021 show would have said that's insane, not going to happen. So it is an interesting way to, you know, take the perspective of how much things can change in a year, um, not only with the world, but also in the world of professional wrestling. Um, so great. I know you don't necessarily watch a lot of hard to or a lot of impact wrestling. Um, and so some of this I'll kind of be teaching you about, which is a new thing that never happens. Uh, but what are your initial, what are, what are some thoughts that come to mind when I talk about hard to kill? Because there has been a lot of press coming up uh, about it recently, the buildup of course, with Kenny Omega being on the show. Um, but also uh, just as we'll go through the card, you know, um, impact really over the past few months, kind of generating some buzz uh, that I think has been bringing in uh, maybe some new eyes or not some new eyes, but definitely eyes to the impact wrestling product. You know, what's interesting is that you look at that main event that you just read off and I don't remember when he joined the company, but I'm pretty sure he was already there. Only rich Swan was in the company when la the last hard to kill took place. Correct. That and is yet now uh, we have Kenny Omega, fair. who at the time yes, was in AEW. Because he got injured yeah. uh, right before Hard to Kill last year. Right, so, so I think there was an event um, in, in Texas, because uh, I remember actually seeing him on crutches around yeah, uh, during that there. time. So you're right. At the uh, Vegas tapings that, that I went to, he wasn't there. On the active um, roster a year ago. The Good Brothers were in WWE at the time. Um, mm -hmm. Kenny Omega, of course, was in AEW and, and and doing his thing. Alex Shelley was actually getting ready to debut on NXT 
as Kushida's tagging partner for the Dusty Classic and Chris Saban was working backstage as a producer for Impact Wrestling. So I guess he was technically with the company, but was not uh, an active performer at the time. And yet here we are a year later. It's also interesting because last year's main event was this groundbreaking, newsworthy, you know, Tessa Blanchard, female challenger to the Impact Wrestling World Championship. At the time, it was, and still is, the the highest profile title match between uh, a woman and a man. Um, it's happened mm-hmm. before in wrestling, but not at this level. And, and who knows when it can, when it can happen again. Um, fast forward. Now we've got a six person, six man tag team match featuring champions uh, from multiple promotions, not defending said titles. So it's just crazy. What, what difference a year yeah. makes and, and almost kind of sad in the sense that, that amazing moment, which was spoiled during the days before by people coming yeah. out with some things against Tessa Blanchard. And of course, we all know how she exited the company. And now where we are, it's like that's – and some of it has to do with 2020. That's a distant memory at this point. Yeah. And it it feels so like uh, just something from almost a lifetime ago. And I remember being there and the buzz around Tessa Blanchard um, on the precipice of making history. I mean, it was a big – deal because we were also coming on the heels of 2019, which was a big moment for women's wrestling. Um, And it almost was now promotions were doing all of these things, not to necessarily top each other, but women were getting more opportunities, more airtime, more spotlight. And this was taking it up a notch, not, you know, 2019, we have, we had the women uh, main eventing WrestleMania, main eventing other pay-per-views, first matches in in so many ways. And then you start off 2020 with a woman uh, competing for and ultimately winning uh, the world championship, the first in, in mainstream wrestling, which was a huge deal. It almost felt like uh, an additional coming for uh, of women um, and uh, just a, almost this this way to kick off a year where we were going to continue to see women climb up uh, the wrestling charts and we were going to continue to see great matches and maybe see uh, women have more opportunities to, to face men. And that almost felt like impacts niche where they could actually carve something unique compared to what AEW and WWE were doing. It was almost like if they can keep this rolling, they may actually attract new viewers or they may be able to gain some momentum in this quote unquote wrestling war because they're going to be do so, doing something so unique that other companies, especially AEW was adamant saying, no, we're not going to have um, intergender wrestling. And one thing that WWE, you know, had uh, rarely and occasionally, but not to this level. So it is very strange now looking back at it and seeing how that whole situation turned out with Tessa winning the championship, but ultimately leaving. And even I, I do remember being there and, and the buzz happening uh, about the, the allegations um, uh, against her uh, and, and things that she uh, allegedly had said and, and some of her viewpoints, it was like a bomb like just dropped uh, in, in the area and, and people really not sure how to, what to do or how to react. But I would say when I was there and she won that main event, the crowd there was, was wild. It was a, a very, very momentous uh, occasion. It was historical, whatever your opinions may be about Tessa and about um, 
Impact Wrestling. It was something that, one, they haven't done, and I don't think they will do uh, again. And I don't think any other company at this point is looking to approach that territory. So even if it was for a moment, we got to see a, a woman become a world champion in a major wrestling promotion. And, and that I don't think you can take away from either her or from Impact Wrestling. Yeah, I agree. You can't take so, it away. It ended the way I thought it was going to end. The way I said on this program it would end, which is her not losing the belt yes. in the ring. But it's it's I th- I hope that the events that surrounded it and the events that followed it don't tarnish its place in history. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that. The, I mean, we talked about this too, but the the world Impact World Championship has had to do a lot of R and R, a lot of. Um, well, had some R and R, but they've had, they've had to do a, a lot of rehab on that belt because it wasn't defended for a good portion of 2020, and then ultimately with uh, Tessa relinquishing it, you know they they had that five way at Slammiversary for the title, and you know it's changed hands a few times with it. I have my own thoughts as much as I I like Rich Swan as a performer as a wrestler. I do not see him. I I just don't, I'm not drawn to him as impact world champion. So this goes back to what you mentioned too, about the world championship, not being defended, you know, the world championship, I think in a lot of ways is, is being underplayed by other championships within, um, uh, impact wrestling. I I feel like the, the knockouts championship is getting uh, more attention, even the knockouts tag titles, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, the X division, you know, all of those, I feel like have a, a little bit more uh, competition underneath them, have more story line to them. And I think people are just more interested in what's happening in that scene now than with the world championship. Yeah. And part of me, and this is going off topic, but that's what we do here, right? Part of me feels yeah, like not? Rich Swan's just keeping that belt company until Moose has it. I really feel like that's where we're headed. And, and what they did at Genesis kind of solidifies that yeah i was gonna say it does look like moose is going to be challenging rich swan for the impact world championship um and see that that's a story i can appreciate now in hindsight with moose and and the tna world championship that's been kind of a a roundabout somewhat funny at first but now pretty serious storyline with with moose and his perception of being a world champion and holding a championship with value you know he may end up combining the the two titles and holding them and, and I agree I think it's it's just a hopefully it's kind of a point to get to Moose being impact world champion um uh because I feel like right now out of uh, a lot of people on the roster and the stories they're telling his would be one of the more interesting ones of, of being a world champion I think it's time I don't know if he can be a good world champion I think it's time to find out yes yeah agreed Absolutely agreed. Um, so last year, speaking of Moose, he faced Rhino in this Gore versus Spear or match uh, context, and and so this year, um, in which you know Moose won because he had this kind of TNA Legend Killer type of of gimmick um, as well, which ultimately led him to pursue uh, the TNA Heavyweight Championship as his own. Um, this year, we have a Rhino as part of a six man. Old school rules tag team match, Eric Young, um, Cody uh, Diener. He's not even Cody anymore. He's just Diener. Uh, and Joe Doring versus Cousin Jake, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer. This is uh, apparently uh, storyline-wise uh, uh, in 
as far as the result of the Deaners, the tag team splitting up um, and uh, Cody joining Eric Young and Joe Doring with that new faction. And of course, cousin Jake Rhino and Tommy Dreamer, you know, it is what it is. I, I have to admit that I, I was at one point excited to get, see the Deaners after what they've been doing in wrestling house or the in wrestle house. And um, I, I was getting reinvested in them and then they broke up. So um, not one to be honest, that's exactly thrilling or, or makes me super excited, but you know, it, it is a match on the card. I foresee uh, the team of Eric Young, uh, Cody and, and Joe winning, uh, establishing that kind of this new trio. Um, and again, Eric Young, I believe this time last year, was still with the WWE. Sort of. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, sort of. He was there, not really being utilized. Yeah, he was. Um, the thing of, I agree with you. I think Eric Young, Diener, I don't know why. He can't be Cody. I don't. Uh, it's like Cody owns the name Cody Rhodes, but not Cody, uh, whatever. Um, and Joe During will probably win this match. Here's my problem with this match, and this is Greg being stupid, right? In what world is old school rules no DQ and false count anywhere? Like, how does that? Uh, well, it's just I think it's that precipice. Match? Like, anytime Tommy Dreamer is in a match, it just automatically counts as old school rules. Like, it just is. I don't. It just literally every match that Tommy Dreamer's in is that's just the way like, it turns. When out. I heard old school rules, I was like, okay, we got to hold the tag ropes. There's going to be two people on the outside. Oh no 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 no! Instead, it's no, nothing. No, no, no. There's nothing that's old not school about it whatsoever. No, about no, no. except they, for some of the people in the yeah, match. That's not how Impact defines old school rules. Like. Old school rules is synonymous with Tommy Dreamer, who's synonymous with hardcore style of wrestling. So that is their logic. They call it hardcore rules. Old school is just, it's just a dumb name for the match. I, yeah, I agree. But I'm just saying that's, no, no, no. Old school there is not the old school that you were thinking of. Now, speaking of kind of going back, now this is more than a year old, but this is actually a program that I've enjoyed watching Four years, and I'm actually glad they're revisiting this. Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan. And this is, speaking of hardcore, a barbed wire massacre match. Um, I was a little surprised that they were revisiting this ultimately um, towards the end of 2020. But if anyone knows the history between Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards, it's one that is fairly vicious and one that they've circled back to many a time. Um, and I don't know what it is about these two in the ring, but they just have an electric. A, a chemistry that is makes me want to wa keep watching them. There's very few people in wrestling that I'll just watch over and over and over again in matches in different formats, but in matches. Uh, one of them is Sasha and Bailey, I, and I, the other one is Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. Um, so I'm not mad that they're revisiting this. I'm not mad that they're doing this. Ultimately, too, I mean, a lot has changed. You know, Eddie Edwards at the time um, was going through this uh, last year, uh, going through a, 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 I'm trying to remember my words, uh, but it was in a series of uh, matches uh, with, trying to remember, Well, I know at Hard oh to God. Kill, he fought Michael Elgin for the Call Your Shot. Yes, it was Mike. Yeah, yeah, it was Michael Elgin. He was in, I believe, in a best of, of seven series, I believe, with him. Um, and Michael Elgin no longer with the company. Um, so that company. also, 
Yeah, also uh, shows how much things change in a year. And of course, Emma Callahan was headlining Hard to Kill last year. Um, but I don't view this. I mean, he's been out of the the title picture since really losing the the belt. Um, they did have a, a rematch shortly afterwards. And um, but I also can. I mean, Sammy Callahan has pretty had a pretty big evolution with Ov. Uh, e kind of just breaking up and then teaming up with Ken Shamrock. Now he's kind of back on his own and, uh, but still through all of, you know, his steps and, and everything that he's done, still having a sense of, you know, knowing exactly who Sammy Callahan is. So uh, I'm excited for this match. It's hard for me to say who I think is going to win, to be honest. In some ways it doesn't matter. We all win in this match. I'm leaning a little bit more towards Eddie Edwards, um, but that that is just me because I'm a little bit more inclined to have the the baby face win in this. But uh, you know, this is I think a good example of being able to have a long term program like this that you've kind of been weaving in and out of for years, and being able to come back to it uh, at this point of time where they've both kind of evolved and, and changed as wrestlers, but also uh, with the company, and you're getting to really you know, do this again, uh, in a, in a way that really plays on their history. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's Randy Orton and edge it's, it's Kevin Steen and, and, uh, El Generico, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's Peter Griffin and the chicken. It's the Yankees and the Red Sox. It is Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. You're right. You, You said it perfectly. Um, it doesn't matter who wins this match. Um, but for the sake of making a pick, I'm going to go with the power of the Capris and Eddie Edwards picks up the victory. Yeah. Power Edwards. I mean, he's really making those look good. I mean, he's really carrying no, he's that flag since John Cena left. The, no, there's a big difference between the Jorts and the Capris. Like there just is. And and it's, 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 he make, he's making Jorts look good by wearing Capris basically. You know, any type of extended short apparently is what we're going to just classify it is. And, and maybe it's that common is. Boston, you know, just like people think like everyone, you know, in, in the West Coast does things or, you know, Phoenix is the same place no matter where you go. Uh, everybody in Boston wears, you know, George. That's just what I'm yes. going to That's it has just the what same I'm gonna accent. Say. Yeah, it has the same accent, you know, all of that. Uh, I, I'm just, well, and he's not even from Boston. He's from. Westbury, Massachusetts. So anyone on the East Coast, I'm just just putting the East Coast fly right there. Well, you ex- the you expanded that fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that was the journey we all went through, and I appreciate everyone following along in my map of the United States. Um, speaking of things that are from that are only are new again, we have the finals. Uh, of the knockouts tag team uh, tournament, uh, Havoc and Avea versus Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles. The winners will become the new Impact Tag Team Champions. Now, talk about you know storylines in this. They've really been building this up since last spring, um, having some of these pairings uh, in the knockouts divisions together, and really building up uh, the the rivalries and the programs. Uh, really a lot with uh, bringing on board Tasha Steeles as a new signee, partnering her with Kara Hogan, Nevea coming on board, um, who had been partnering with Havoc on the independent scene and finally joining her um, in Impact. Of course, Taya and Rose 
Rosemary forming a bond after some of their vicious fights finally coming together as a team. Kimberly uh, aligning with Deanna Perrazzo. They really built up all of these teams for quite some time. And it led to a lot of speculation that they were going to be reintroducing the Knockouts Tag Team Championship belts. And uh, they did, that they announced this tournament. And I think fans were really happy about it because... It's a new set of titles. And before the WWE had the uh, women's tag team belts, you know, impacted at first. And though the history of the tag team titles, you know, you can look back at it and say it's kind of mixed. Um, I feel like the knockouts division is much more well-prepared and set up now to have long-term success with the knockouts tag team titles. And also I think the state of women's wrestling has evolved and changed so much that it supports the longevity of these tag team titles. My gut, my and, and also just my fandom is leaning towards Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. They are a, such a dynamic, fun team. Their energy is infectious. Um, I mean, they just work so well in and out of the ring. And I feel like them, especially being one of the early teams coming together, was just a sign all along that they were meant to win these titles. So I'm I'm really rooting for Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. I'm with you. If we did a who should win, who will win, I might say that, that Hogan and, and Steeles should win, but Havoc and Nevaeh will win because, I don't know, it's just a gut instinct. But I, given a pick, I really want to go with Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Um, this is very interesting because it's, it's, you know, WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Impact Wrestling did it first, and... But in recent days, big tag team tournament for women, AEW did it first. And in both cases, Impact Wrestling does it better. Like, that's just, yeah. it's just a fact. Yeah. It's not I even, it's not the, even the my Nats opinion. The division is so underrated in, in pro wrestling right now. It's the second so best. underrated. I, I, it's, it's the second best women's division in wrestling, in my opinion, behind that of NXT. But I'll be honest yep. with you. It's, I'm not saying it's a landslide. It's close. I I appreciate the storytelling that they've uh, done with the Impact uh, Knockouts division. And again, these tag team pairings, the way that they set that up months and months before they even announced the tournament was really smart. Uh, because all of the teams in there, they brought yeah. in some teams from the independent scene to help um, with with uh, filling out the brackets. But the team dynamics, you can get a sense of it made it even that much more challenging to know who was going to to win. I um, mean, who was going to move in throughout the, the tournament. And so um, and they've also showed make, kind of pairing um, some more. uh individuals with others that have either common uh, characteristics or to help develop a storyline um, such as like Kimberly and Deanna Perrazzo, you know, Kimberly came in by herself, but then through uh, storytelling and even through her character as well, it matched up to the character of the virtuoso so well that that dynamic flowed and, and became very credible and something that still kind of carries through. Um, even addressing the history between Taya and Rosemary, this odd couple, um, but they have fought battles for years, finally being able to put their differences aside and becoming friends. I mean, there's just such good storytelling on top of really good wrestling. Um, and and they've done something with women's wrestling that is very unique that, yeah, absolutely was was better than what AEW did Um 
and I think made them very unique and stand out in the world of professional wrestling. So you know, it's funny. Too, I, I want to bring yeah. up just to piggyback on what you're saying. They also had other storylines interwoven throughout the tournament. And again, in comparison to AEW, their tournament wasn't even good enough to be on dark. It was yeah. on YouTube. They didn't put it on TV. It was just. No, and it was, and they didn't even talk about it much on TV. And now it's over. When you see Ivelisse and, and Diamante, do they even mention it? Like, it's just, again, AEW booking is usually done to appease somebody. This whole impact thing is done to appease Kenny Omega. The whole tournament was done to appease Brandy Rhodes. Like, it's just all, all friends wrestling and, and all fantasy booking wrestling. And that's the problem. Whereas Impact actually put a ton of thought and, and time and, and maybe even the planning and, and the setbacks of the pandemic allowed them to, to do that. But, this was very well done, and they deserve a ton of credit for it. They really, really do. And and I think the payoff is, even if, say, Havoc and Nevaeh won, and I don't know that they will, I think the payoff will be satisfying because it'll have follow-up because we have champions coming out of it who will then defend their championships moving forward. And and, and it'll, be, it'll this tournament will have meaning and will actually be remembered for that reason. Yeah. And again, because you already have other teams established, you'll have – Follow up. You'll have other teams who will be chasing after those belts at any point. So, um, and even if you do maybe have some odd pairings here and there or bringing in, um, you know, oh, people just maybe for, you know, one offs, it's still only, I think, just strengthening the, the knockouts division. So, uh, kudos to them. Very excited for this match. Uh, go, Tasha and Kiera. Um, the next match I'm going to be talking about now, this is a little bit more random. This has been more of a recent development, but this kind of has some deeper ties to uh, independent wrestling, the the past and the future. And this is uh, Ethan Page versus the Karate Man. Um, this is a singles match where you're wondering why I say that. Well, because it's the same person, technically. Um, the Karate Man, I know. Greg is shocked. Shocked, I tell I mean, you. You just yelled at me about kayfabe not too long ago, and here you are. <sighs> That's okay. It's obvious. It's yes. part of the joke. Well, I just, I just, I mean, I find the humor of it being a singles match is that, yeah, it is somewhat. It's that. the most singles uh, of a singles match ever. Yeah. And I mean, some people believe, uh, you know, Mick Foley is not mankind or, or mankind, um, cactus Jack and do love or all three separate people. So I mean, all know, three did enter a Royal Rumble. So, he uh, did enter a Royal Rumble, so he's also um, not Santa Claus. So, despite what he wants, yeah. So the Karate Man, Ethan Page, in a one-on-one match, and so uh, the Karate Man is uh, this other persona that Ethan Page has uh, used a lot on on the independent circuit, and it's just starting to make an appearance here in Impact Wrestling. Some of this due to some dissension or tension that he had with tag team partner Josh Alexander um, after they lost uh, a rematch for the uh, uh, tag team championships. Um, You know, Josh Alexander was wondering what was running through the mind of Ethan Page, and so he's almost kind of had a split um, you can almost call it a, a split personality, but we we will have this match: the Karate Man versus Ethan Page. Now, this screams cinematic. As to how do you not it is cinematic? It's been like, revealed that it's cinematic. Yeah. So, you so well, that's going to gonna be very interesting. I think it's going to be fun and entertaining. Uh, here's my hope. And first of all, I'm going to pick the Karate Man to win, just because why the hell not, right? <laughs> YTF not. Um, 
we're all winners no matter what happens. I yeah, hope... we're, we all win in the match. Look, Ethan Page is leaving. Uh, there's just no way around it. He's probably going to go to NXT. See, and... So that was the other thing about this, is that this could also be one, if not the final match that we see. I uh, really Ethan hope, Page. and that's where I was going. I hope it's not. And here's why. Not that it'll be bad. Not that it's it's maybe his creative inspiration and he wants to go out on that. How do you not have him put over Josh Alexander before he leaves? Like, set your boy up for something before you go, because Josh Alexander has every tool needed to be uh, a top-level threat in Impact Wrestling. Hopefully, because they tape in advance and, and all of that, maybe there's some follow-up on the next Impact where they have their one-on-one match, and that's how we send Ethan Page off. But if this is it for him, then I think it could be a waste of, of an opportunity to 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 build Josh Alexander as a solo guy. Um, but this on its own, I think it'd be fun for what it is. It fits in impact wrestling and I, I will enjoy it. And uh, yeah, karate man's going over because that's the guy who needs to go over. That's, that's the guy. And it's, it's almost a way though, too, if you are closing that chapter, that page for Ethan page, I guess, figuratively mm-hmm. and literally, um, you know, makes sense for the karate man to win. I, I agree. We all win. I mean, we talk about this with with Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. This is another match we all win because we're going to get some funny stuff. And, again, Impact can do humor pretty well. I mean, AEW gets so much credit for some of the stupid humor that they do. You know, and trust me, I love stupid humor. I love stupid shit. I will say it till the cows come home. However, if you just look at AEW and say they know how to do comedy the best, well, you you have your blinders on because Impact can do some pretty good comedy. Um, and you just are choosing not to watch it or just choosing to favor AEW for it. And I think this will be one of the funniest, um, if not the funniest spot of the entire night. Agreed. Agree. And think, I mean, last year we had Ethan Page and Josh Alexander uh, face uh, Willie Mack in a handicap match. It was if that became one of my favorite matches of 2020. I mean, that's because of the Rich Swan injury, actually. Huh? That was because of the Rich Swan injury that you talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Willie Mack had to do that match alone because Rich Swan was out, and it was a testament of how dynamic. An amazing Willie Mac is, and how much I just love the North. The North, I mean, it is one thing they they really did a lot of their best work more in uh, twenty nineteen, um, twenty twenty. Uh, they did, uh, you know, still carrying a lot of the tag division on their backs uh, until uh, some of these other teams came with the motorcycle machine guns and the Good Brothers, uh, which was great because it added more dynamic because they had already beat everybody, so you needed to shake things up. But I just, I love. I love the North and there's not a lot of tag teams that I can just, you know, gravitate towards, but the North is fantastic and I love them. So I will be sad that Ethan page will leave, but that means one day when they get back together again, it will be amazing. Cause that's what, that's just the way it goes. That's what's going to happen in NXT. That's going to happen. Uh, the next match I want to talk about is a triple threat match for the X division championship manic. Um, will be facing Chris Bay and Rohit Raju. And this is interesting because none of these men, I mean, they were, well, I would say Rohit, I believe, was with the company. Chris had just signed, um, and TJP was there. Well, Manic, uh, again, Fabe, um, but we all know who's under that. I, they're not even hiding it. Like, come on. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all the, the same. Now, the X Division has definitely gone through a lot of change and in, in evolution uh, over 2020. Multiple champions, including all three men in this match. Last year, we had Ace Austin versus Trey Miguel, which was more kind of storyline-driven, cheesy line-driven with uh, Ace Austin trying to get up onto Trey's mom, which, you know, ultimately nothing really came of that, but it was very significant with someone like Ace Austin who had only been with the company for a short amount of time, really carrying the X division. I saw uh, a lot of that uh, initially too with Chris Bay when he first won. But Rohit Raju's um, Impact uh, X Division Championship reign was one of the most unexpected but fun surprises for me of last year. I thought he was a fantastic champion. I thought his storyline of how he continued to retain the belt was really fun and entertaining and ultimately too he could go in the ring he's a a fantastic wrestler but the fact that he kind of chose some of these odd way out uh was uh, something that kept me involved as in a storyline at the core the x division is still a very dynamic athletic division and that's what you keep on getting i don't think that has changed much but the players have changed a, a bit um and it also seems like it's a stepping stone for some to kind of be able to, to move through different title pictures or for different stories. So, um, you know, this one is still somewhat new with Manic only being a champion now for probably about a month and a half, maybe two months by the time uh, this happens, not very long, but you know, uh, just a really good wrestling match. Yeah, it's interesting because they've kind of played hot potato with this belt just a little bit. Uh, I thought Chris Bay's reign was cut way too short, and I didn't want Willie Mack to lose it when he lost it. And then here we are. Uh, it's since gone to Rahit Raju, who had a great thing going, and then we ended that for for Manic. And, and Manic's a recycled gimmick from the past, and so it's like, what do we do moving forward? So it's just interesting to me. Entertainment-wise, the match itself will be good. I just want to see where we're going and, and what we're doing. Yes. And that to me yeah. is it. Um, given the fact that Ace Austin just won the the Super X Cup, whatever the hell they called it, and should really be back in the X Division now challenging, um, probably going to see Manic come out on top of this and, and move into that program with, with Ace Austin. What they do with Chris Bay and Rohit Raju, I don't know. Um, hopefully it's good. And and we'll see. But hey, I've said it before, you know, even in Impact Wrestling, everywhere else, it's bookings a cycle. If you can manage the yep. ups and downs, you can be successful long term. And that might be what these guys, especially Chris Bay, is in for right now. And that's not a ter- necessarily a terrible thing. So, yes, agree. Up next, we have the Knockouts Championship on the line. Champion Deanna Peraza will be facing Taya Valkyrie. Now, a year ago, Taya was defending this belt. She was the longest reigning Knockouts Champion, um, and she was in a triple threat match against Jordan Grace and O. Uh, uh, DB. ODB. Um, and so. Things have changed now with Taya being the challenger for this. And some of this uh, challenge stemmed, uh, at least storyline-wise, from the end-of-year awards where uh, Deanna Perrazzo not only won uh, Wrestler of the Year, but Knockout of the Year. Um, and I say it in that order. One, it was very, to me, I have to admit, was very surprising that she won Wrestler of the Year. When you look at all the others that were nominated, um, like Sammy Callahan and... Um, and uh, Eddie Edwards and 
uh, yeah. Rich, Rich Swan. Even, yeah. Yeah. Here's the title thing picture. about that that I want to comment on real fast. I thought about this earlier, and I kind of was hoping this topic would come up. If any of the aforementioned people won Wrestler of the Year in Impact Wrestling, all deserving, all can be made a case for. Wouldn't think about it a day later. No one would say a word about it a day later. Yeah. And this is where we have to remember. Sometimes, just like championships, these awards are props and storytelling oh. devices. And giving it to Deanna Parazzo, we now remember it. We now talk about it. We now, it, it has meaning. And this is the case where using it for storyline purposes was more valuable than using it for merit purposes, in my opinion. Yeah. I, and I think yeah. that- well, and it ultimately was because she won knockout of the year, which was the title that Taya had won the year previously. And that's how the conversation got going. Taya had hoped that she would win knockout of the year, but ultimately that would have been more of a surprise because Diana really did deserve knockout of the year. She came into the division, she flipped it on its head and she is one of the most dominant champions since Taya, to be honest, um, to come into the scene. I think um, the, uh, match between Diana and uh, Jordan Grace at Slammiversary was one of the best women matches in all of, of wrestling. Um, uh, probably the best knockouts match of the entire year, but just one of the best women's matches um, of the entire year. And that was, you know, her first go at it. Uh, so I, I think Diana is fantastic and has been a breath of fresh air to the knockouts division. Um, but it's also interesting to see Taya on this other side of the coin because she played more of the dominant dominant champion for much of 2019, even in the beginning of 2020. Um, I, but I still love the attitude, the dynamic between these two women. It will be a very competitive match and, and very similar to what I saw and felt with, uh, Jordan and Deanna at, um, Slammiversary, I think that we could get that quality quality of a match at Hard to Kill. Um, I feel like we are going to see more of this more competitive and maybe less campy uh, Taya Valkyrie. We've had more of this character of Taya Valkyrie for much of 2020, but I miss the Valkyrie. Uh, I miss La Guara Loca. I really miss that edge to her, and I feel like Deanna's bringing that out of her. So wow. uh, I have high expectations. Maybe you'll this. see it when she goes to NXT because her deal's up. And so she's going to put Deanna over and go bye-bye. And maybe she'll yeah, skip NXT and go right to SmackDown or Raw. I don't know. And, but, and, and you talk and about should. a year ago, I mean, Deanna was in NXT. And we didn't see much of her there. No. And one big move to Impact, and it's completely changed her career. It has. It really has. And and she definitely – it was the right move. And and it's worked out for the best. And she's the kind of person you could see back in a couple of years, oh, to be honest with you. And, yeah. and I think she'll be better because of it. And, and maybe her attitude will have changed. Knowing too much and knowing what was going on in her personal life at the time uh, it doesn't surprise me. And, and I think she's going to be in a much better place when – uh, if, and when she goes back, um, it's interesting that it's, it's Taya, if this is it for her, and I believe it is again, another huge missed opportunity in the sense that Taya versus Tessa Blanchard for the impact world championship was an afterthought on an episode of impact and should have main evented yeah. a pay-per-view because it, it- that was going to be history. And that gets me so agitated thinking about. Instead, they went the, with the three way, which became the five way, which became the whatever way. And mm-hmm. it should have been 
and maybe and, and COVID might have prevented it from happening anyway. But they did it at the Vegas tapings that I was at, and and I remember when I got there and found out the match had already taken place, I was like, that doesn't make any sense because it even seemed like they were building it for uh, a pay per view, and it should have. They could have touted. It's the same company that gave their wrestler of the year to a woman. They could have touted the being the first time that two women wrestled for a, a company's world title in the main event of a pay-per-view. And we talked about how great it was that Chris Bay challenged Rich Swan in the main event of a pay-per-view type show. It was really a impact plus special, but to do that with, with Taya and with Tessa would have been equally amazing just for different reasons. And I yes. feel like that is just a huge, huge missed opportunity. And, and that's the thing, despite these missed opportunities, impact still had a, a very good year. Um, yeah. and also you brought up Jordan Grace, Jordan Grace, much like Chris Bay suffers from impact wrestling's flavor of the month booking. And mm-hmm. Jordan Grace did not yeah. get the run. She should have with the knockout championship. No. Just and like I Chris Bay didn't get the run he should have with, with the exhibition. COVID, championship. But also, she didn't win the championship. She won that in Mexico. And I don't believe yeah. that was televised. So again, it was. It if was you want to make tapings, it was over the tapings. It did make TV. Yeah, it was at the Mexico tapings and it made TV. But again, it was it's it's right around pre-COVID and then aired right at the beginning of COVID. And that's just a blur for everybody. Yeah. So, uh, again, interesting to see a year ago, your knockouts champion was not even with the company. And now the challenger is, you know, what was the champion? So uh, who's to know? Who's to say what's going to happen a year from now? Um, but very interesting to see this. And again, I, I, I have high expectations for this match. I don't care. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to set them up high um, because I think it's going to be fantastic. And yeah, who knows what's going to happen with Taya? Her contract is coming up soon. Who she's going to sign with, what that's going to look like. Um, but she has been one that, uh, again, a, a pillar of the knockouts division. Absolutely. So we get to tonight's, well, not tonight's, well, the show's main <laughs> uh, event, uh, the uh, main event of Hard to Kill. Of course, we talked about Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers uh, versus Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. So this is the uh, culmination of one of the most talked about events in 2020, Kenny Omega showing up on Impact Wrestling. This was... Uh, Definitely a whirlwind after he won the AEW World Championship with the help of Don Callis, who was at uh, Dynamite doing uh, commentary, you know, lend provided a lending hand uh, to Kenny Omega with the distraction. He left Dynamite as the world champion. And as they were being chased, I believe, by Mar- Alex Marvez out of the building as to you know, giving an explanation, those famous words from Don Callis, we will, you know, we will uh, tell you more on Tuesday. And that just set kind of a a big firestorm in the world of wrestling that we were getting this crossover between AEW and Impact Wrestling. And for the past month, we've seen uh, Kenny Omega as part of these Impact tapings, Uh, not so much in the, the ring, if anything, in an RV, in the parking lot of uh the um of the arena um you know setting up this program with this reunion with the good brothers which has come somewhat full circle with the good brothers making an appearance on aew dynamite last week in this bullet club reunion um taking place and now we are finally going to see kenny omega step foot in an impact ring um to face 
uh, Rich Swan, the Impact World Champion, and the Motor City Machine Guns. I'm going to say this is going to be underwhelming. And I hate, I mean, I hate jumping to that, but I feel like some of the momentum has died down. We see that in the ratings. The interest isn't as there as much. And ultimately, there's really nothing at stake here. Um, and so this also, too, will be uh, a chance now because this is a six man who knows who's going to eat the pin. You know, we may see uh, Rich Swan into the Motor City Machine Guns win, but pin, you know, one of the good brothers out. Uh, that is really the only way I see um, them winning. But if not, it could be Kenny Omega pinning Rich Swan in the middle of an impact ring. I think Greg's shaking his head. Preach it, brother. Tell, tell me about it. First off, it has lost momentum. And the reason it's lost momentum is because of the motivation behind it. It's Kenny Omega's vanity idea. And, and, and AEW being AEW wants to make their talents, creative ideas happen, regardless of whether or not they're any good. Um, and of course, everybody loves it because it's AEW. And it's cool because they're two companies working together or whatever. But as we've already seen, the, the benefit just isn't there. Um if he pins Rich Swan in this match, then tune in next week. That's all I can say to this show. Because if you thought I was through the roof when we first talked about this topic, I'll be through the roof again. Um, I'm going to go with the who should win, who will win that we like to do sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. The who should win is Rich Swan and the Motor Shooting Machine Guns because Rich Swan finds a way to pin Kenny Omega. That's what should happen. Because that's good booking. And that sets up a one-on-one match that it's then okay if Omega wins and doesn't hurt Rich Swan as much because we have the visual of Rich Swan pinning Kenny Omega. If Rich Swan pins Carl Anderson, which always happens, Carl Anderson always takes the pin, he doesn't really accomplish much, right? They win the match, but eh, whatever. Um, any other – it's just – and if Kenny Omega pins any member of the other team, it's just more of the Kenny Omega thing that they're doing that really makes no sense and hurts Impact Wrestling. To me, I feel like if the end game is Swan versus Omega, which it should be, then that's what you got to do. But the who will win to me is Omega and the Good Brothers because it's too sweet. It's all friends wrestling. It's AEW doing favors for Impact, and in return, they're going to get this win because these are the people that actually think who wins these matches matters, and it's probably going to be Kenny Omega pinning Alex Shelley or Chris Saban, in my opinion, and underwhelming is, is you're probably right in that regard, too. Mm-hmm. And the whole tone of this uh, crossover between AEW and Impact has really felt, especially since day one for me, is that AEW has had this condescending tone to Impact of, oh, you're so cute. Look at your little champion. Look at your little tag teams. And that's not just the sense I've gotten from from Kenny and uh, Don Callis. That's, you know, these w- weekly vignettes from the Tonys coming in. And, and so I'm still just... Un- I'm just not understanding what this is all about other than, you know, and we've had a whole conversation about this on this show uh, because uh, we've definitely had some differencing opinions, even though I think we've come to the same conclusion. We've had some differencing of, of opinions regarding, you know, what is the true intent behind this and, and why, and ultimately as much as it seems like a very good idea for a partnership, the implementation has felt like, oh, we're doing this as a favor for impact and and they should, you know, appreciate all of these, you know, bunch of new viewers that we brought in for only about one week. 
to to this product and and so uh it just feels like a very condescending tone from AEW whether that is just part of the gimmick part of the you know storytelling or there's some type of hint of truth to that that's just my perception um if it really is storyline then then great they're they're projecting that but ultimately then what's the end game if if you know does this mean eventually you poke the bear and eventually it wakes up and then impact comes at you with all this rage or is it just hey we have a lot of money so let's just kind of uh be mean to this other promotion um (laughs) because we can i don't know but um you know, it, it could draw again. It's a lot of publicity, a lot of press, um, especially on impact being able to leverage using, you know, the AEW world champion uh, that we could see some of more storytelling happening um, on uh, Dynamite this week. I mean, impact just their show on Tuesday. We still have Dynamite. And, but again, is there even going to be any cross promotion of hard to kill? Are they even going to talk about it? They really haven't. So well, ultimately what, there's not a, a huge benefit. Realistically, Rich Swan and the Machine Gun should show up and do something. But they should. Here's the thing: this has been already. This has already been taped. Like, like, sorry, people. Spoilers. This has already been taped. Look, Ethan Page and the Karate Man was filmed in November, and like, literally, this is, it, and that's part of the the issue. Not that you couldn't throw them on an airplane. Now the problem is, be they could look different on Wednesday than they do on Saturday, and, and that can. But you know, we, we, I think we as a fan base can accept that at this point. Um, I just feel like I have been, I've been preconditioned and I've also preconditioned myself to expect the worst out of stuff like this. And so far Mm -hmm. it's proven that to be right. Maybe they'll surprise me and maybe Rich Swan will pull (laughs) off the win and then we have ourselves a story. But I just wrote an article to tear shot called booking backwards and understanding why things happen. And I feel like the end game in this is not making impact wrestling credible or Kenny Omega and Rich Swan in a big marquee match. I think it's just Kenny Omega and the stroking of the ego and AEW. And to me, if that's the end game, then this is just a point in the story that we're not going to remember next year. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's crazy to think about last year, the world championship was the centerpiece of this whole event. And now not only it's not being defended, it's almost an afterthought because another company's championship outweighs the importance of the, you know, impacts championship, which again, boggles my mind. If you would have said a year ago, this is what a hard to kill was going to look like in 2021. I would have said, get out of here. I'd be shocked, shocked. I tell you, but you know what? This is also a good exercise in seeing how much things change in a year, being able to compare last year's hard to kill card with this year's and seeing, you know, a lot of people on this list on the show uh, were in different roles, weren't even with a company last year. So uh, who knows what we're going to see a year from now. But that's also kind of the beauty and the fun of wrestling. Um, it's constantly changing, constantly evolving, and that's what keeps it fun and entertaining. So uh, I highly recommend watching Hard to Kill this Saturday, uh, January 16th. It is going to be available uh, on pay-per-view and also through the Fight TV app, also through the Impact Plus app. You can uh, purchase it, and uh, I will definitely be giving my thoughts on next week's show uh, of some of the results, Um, so make sure you stay tuned. But up next, well, we got to pay some bills. I got to find it. Oh, there it is.
Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? And there you have it, everyone. Another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show in the books, the first one of 2021. Uh, I was very excited to come back, getting to share with you my thoughts of Hard to Kill 2021 and also some of my experiences from last year's Hard to Kill. Um, It will always be a special event for me. Um, I will always remember the event that made me a wrestling fan as a kid, which was WrestleMania 14. But I will always remember the event that made me feel like a wrestling adult. I don't know if that's the right word, but as someone who getting to see the other side of professional wrestling, getting to experience uh, professional wrestling in a different manner uh, as representing the chairshot.com, it was uh, an experience that uh, to this day I have not been able to replicate because of COVID, uh, but also just will leave a very special memory. So uh, uh, in, in my heart. So I think for as long as I keep doing this, I will always cover hard to kill because that will always be an event that's very near and dear to me. So um, we'll, I'll just keep on doing it. I don't care if you guys like it or not. Just is the way that it is. But I hope you do. Like I said, I hope you do check out Hard to Kill or at least stay up to what's happening with that show. I'm sure lots of people will um, just because of the big, big storyline for the main event. Um, But, I mean, this also shows so much can happen and change in a year. Greg, I'm curious if uh, anybody, if you would have to kind of visit yourself, if, if Greg today would visit Greg exactly a year ago, do what do you think he would would say to himself? I, he he wouldn't even believe his eyes. Like that's that's crazy to even think about. Like so much has happened, and and that's I mean, this show's already over an, an hour and in eight minutes. I get this point, hour nine minutes, and we could go for a whole. We could double that very easily in answering that question. Um, twenty January twenty twenty me would be very happy. To see January 2021 me. Yeah. I I think the same. I think uh, overall pretty happy. I think there'd be so many questions. I'd be the type who'd want to know everything as to what happened. And again, I don't think I'd even believe myself because it's just so much within the world. Yeah. Uh, but to hear and learn about how 2021 and how it was handled and, you know, the, the good things that came out of it um, would be uh you know, uh, a very cool thing. So I think it's one of those moments uh, that anyone could have that in, in hindsight, we don't, we don't know. Uh, We don't know what this year will hold, but I'm sure a year from now we may be surprised, but also pretty proud of who, who we are today. So always keep that in mind in the moment. It may not feel like it because we're dealing with lots of stuff, lots of shit. You guys, It, it happens totally understandable. But I think we'd be surprised about how, uh, 
you know, going back in time and looking back how many things we actually persevere through and survive and get through and grow from um, to be the people that we are today. So that is my cute little love note to all of you listeners. A big thank you uh, to those who've listened to the hashtag Miranda show, whether this is your first episode or you've listened before a huge, huge thank you. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on social media. Um, Me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook, a special treat for those following me on Facebook. I'm going to going to be sharing some of the videos from last year's Hard to Kill of some of the interviews that I did, including Ace Austin, Sammy Callahan, and Taya Valkyrie. So make sure if you want to see some of those, um, I'll be sharing those again on my Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. If you want to follow Greg, you can follow him at ChairShotGreg on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, some wrestling content, but mainly lots of CrossFit stuff. That's just, you know, he is a CrossFit Instagram influencer now. It's the way it is now. Would you see if I would have said that to you in January 2020? That I don't think you'd believe. You're nope. an Instagram CrossFit influencer. Not at all. 100% would not have. Not, not at all. And you can follow the Chair Shot on social media at Chair Shot Media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, you can visit thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Don't forget that you can listen to this show and others from the ChairShot Radio Network, of course, on thechairshot.com and your favorite podcast streaming platform. That's Google Play, iTunes, uh, Podbay, uh, Spotify, all of that. You can listen to it. Um, And if you do, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe so that way you get notifications on when new episodes drop. You can rate, leave a five-star. And also review. So leave your comments on things you like about the show, things you may not like, future topics that you think I should cover, uh, and all that good stuff. So, uh, again, thank you. I'm excited for 2021. I hope you all are, too. We will be back to do this all over again. So make sure you stay tuned. For uh, Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Don't forget to always keep it soft style. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.